Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible, a pencil, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee. And I would like for you to write this down. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. Paul writes, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through scripture and truth and whatever it is that God puts on my mom's heart. And in this episode, we are continuing to talk about letting go and how to let go of one thing and grab hold of the mystery of who God is. So we are really glad that you're here and we'd love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Mom. Hey, everybody. I hope that you have joined us today with your Bible in hand, and you've turned to Philippians 3. And we are continuing our conversation on the principle of letting go of one thing and grabbing hold of another. It's a principle we all must know and we all must apply. It's a hard principle, wouldn't you say, Kara? Yeah. I mean, I kind of hate it in some ways. (laughs) Okay. Not like, I mean, it's a great principle, but I hate it. And I'm obviously being sarcastic, but it's just hard. It's a lot harder. It's It's easier to say it than it is to apply it. It's a lot easier said than done, um, for sure. I feel like God has graciously put me in some situations in the last week since we started talking about this to put this into practice. Mm -hmm. It has not been fun. Well, you know what I always say, truth is true but it becomes our reality when it is applied. And I think that it is difficult, Kara, to, to let go of some things. Some things we've become very accustomed to. Some things we have identified with. Some things have become almost the things that we would say define us. So as Paul is saying, I have to forget these things that are past, one of the things that Paul had to forget was all the learning and all of the Pharisee teaching that he had learned over the years, which was right. These were definitely teaching of the law. But then here was Jesus, the Messiah. He comes and he teaches a new covenant, a new command. And Paul was not going to let that go. He was so passionate about applying the law and seeing God in the way that he viewed God. And here came Jesus, and it wasn't the God or the Messiah Paul had thought would be. So he had a hard time letting that go. Like letting go of what he is basically is letting go of how he thought God was going to act or how he expected God to fulfill something in his life and accept how God chose to fulfill it or how God chose to act. That's right. Often we have a view of God, of what we believe, a God that we have been told maybe in childhood, a God that we have experienced, we felt like we've experienced because of the way that we view 
our circumstances. And so sometimes we have this view of God that He's not for us, that He doesn't love us, that He's out to to punish us. And sometimes we have to let those things go before we can grab hold of the truth of who God is. And Paul was like that. Paul had a view of God, and he had a view of the Messiah and how the Messiah would come, and that the Messiah would come and build up his kingdom, and he would be a king, and he would rescue the Jewish people from the bondage and the slavery and the oppression of the Romans. But here's Jesus walking among the Romans and walking among the Pharisees, and Jesus is more against the Pharisees than the Romans, even though he was not for either one, but he did come down hard on the Pharisees because they were representing the wrong view of God. And I think about Paul saying, I have to let this go. It's not that I've obtained it. It's not that I'm perfect, but I've got to let go of my past preconceived ideas. And that's true with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, we define ourselves based on what other people have said about ourselves. Sometimes we box ourselves in and we're not able to move forward because we're still holding on to some bitterness, some angry words that have been said to us, some unforgiving attitudes and spirit that we have toward other people. And God clearly says, you just got to let that go. You wouldn't, can't. wouldn't it also be letting go of things that have happened? You know, yes. I'm, I would assume Paul definitely dealt with that. And I would imagine even when he's in the prison cells, seeing the faces of all those martyrs that he killed mm-hmm. before his road to Damascus moment, you know, and letting go of his past, letting go of his mistakes or his sins yeah. and his murders. I mean, you know, he murdered people. Yeah. You know, it was Paul that was standing there that at the moment when uh, Stephen was martyred, Paul walked through those streets. He could smell the Christians that were being burned alive. He was there when he celebrated the Christians being persecuted, and he was the main person. He was cheering them on all the way. And I think about Paul when he was in prison and he was you know, on that road to Damascus, and then he was struck blind. And Jesus was saying, Paul, Paul, why, why are you persecuting me? And it wasn't that Jesus said, why are you persecuting the Christians? He said, why are you persecuting me? In other words, you're against me, and you're not seeing who I am. And so ironically, God uh, literally struck him blind. But Paul was blinded to the truth before he became blind physically because he had this perceived idea and he had to let it go. And I think so often in shame and regret, when Paul was sitting there in prison, he had to deal with those kind of things. Like, I thought I was right. I was passionate. I loved God. I loved the the law. I was a Pharisee. I couldn't get enough teaching of, of the law and the God of Jehovah, the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here comes the Messiah And Jesus saying, I'm God. And he could not let go of what he thought God was going to be to grab hold of who God really is. And I think that's something we all struggle with today. I think that we have to sometimes just go to to God and say, God, I just 
I just want to see you and who you really are. I've got to let go of what I believe you should do in my life or what my expectations of how you should perform in my life. I think one of the biggest aha moments in my life was when God stopped me in my tracks and said, you think wrong of me. You don't have the true view of who I am, and you've got to let go what you think you know about me, how you think I should perform in your life. And in some ways, I felt like God was saying, you think you're so entitled to me doing a certain thing in your life because your ministry. This was years and years ago when I was working in the youth. I thought, you know, here I am working in the youth department, serving at every area of the church. And then when I wanted God to do miracles, sometimes God just didn't perform the miracles of what I wanted when I wanted it. And I just kind of developed a bad attitude and entitlement. And I had to let go of that view of God and just let God be God of Dot Bowen. Yeah. I mean, I for me currently, and I, I, I think I touched on this last week in the last episode, but for me, it's letting go of trying to manage a situation. I don't really, it's not even trying to be in control of it, but trying to have my hand in it, trying mm-hmm. to manage a relationship, trying to manage how I'm viewed or try to manage what people think of me. Or, you know, there's this management that I am holding on to in a way, and I need to let go of that and embrace the mystery of God, embrace the mystery that I don't know what God is going to do in a situation. I don't know what they think of me. I don't know what is going to happen and embrace that mystery and trust that God is in control and that God is the God of mysteries and that he reveals mysteries mm-hmm. and really hold on to that and not try to you know, help him out. He doesn't need my help. Yeah, right. yeah no, he doesn't, nor mine or anybody else's. But I do feel like the management, we do try to manage our own lives. And it is some form, it may be a small part, but it is some form of control. If I can manage my life in such a way, then I can have my life in such a way. Right. Or manage my pain or manage my, you know, emotions. And sometimes it's like, no, I need to let that go and Mm -hmm. feel that as much as I don't want to. (laughs) That's right. Because if you're going to feel the opposite emotion, if you cannot uh, manage your pain and you enter into that pain, you then are able to let go of that pain so that you can grab hold of the peace and the joy and the contentment that you truly, truly want. But if we try to manage our pain and we try to make our life in such a way that we don't have pain or that we live in such a way that we feel like we can manage our circumstances or manage the outcome, then we are in some ways setting ourselves up to say, I'm God. I can Mm -hmm. handle this. I can do this. And that's sometimes something we have to let go. And I think it prevents us or withholds the healing that God wants to do in that pain. You know, I don't, I think sometimes I have an even idea of how I think God will heal my pain. It's like, well, I don't, you know, there's mystery in that. I don't know how God is going to heal this pain. But when you enter into it and let go of trying to manage your pain, I think that's when also God can come in and heal that in order to, you know, bring freedom and wholeness and peace and contentment. Absolutely. I think the issue here is letting God be God 
and letting go of trying to be God, but taking our pains and taking our views and taking our circumstances to God and let God manage it, let God heal it, so that we can grasp hold of what God has. I think that's what Paul is saying. He said, the one thing I know, he said, I don't know a whole lot, but I know this. I have got to let go. I've got to forget what is lies behind, and i got to move forward. i got to press forward. It isn't that he ever says that he's obtained it. it. He never implies he's like there, like, oh, now I'm perfect. Now I don't have to let go. Now I don't have to manage my pain. Mm-hmm. I have to just let go. He never says that he doesn't have to struggle with managing his pain. He never says he doesn't get to the place where he's not trying to manage things in his life. He says, I'm not obtaining the perfection, but he said, I'm pressing toward that mark. And I think, Carol, what we've been talking about, and we've talked about not even in the podcast, when you and I have just talked in general, we so often want to escape the pain. We want to escape the circumstances in our life, and we want to move on to where we don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I want to escape reality. <laughs> that's right. And that's true, because that is your reality. And that's why you don't want to uh, face reality, because some people, this is just going to be the reality. I remember one of the most depressing things I heard a pastor say one time is that, you know what? That may be your reality. That may be your journey. You may have to deal with certain things all of your life. And I think that's what God told Paul when he said, mm-hmm. will you remove this you know, thorn from me? He said, no, I won't. Because, Paul, listen to me. If I remove everything from you and your life is so great, you won't need me. So I want you to have a reminder every time that thorn rises its head in that pain, and you can't manage it, I want you to be reminded that you need a God, and I'm the only God. I'm the one and true God, and I'm your God. And you've got Mm -hmm. to let go of what you think and trust me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's interesting that he uses the phrase, I press on, and I don't know what the Greek word or tense of that is, but it seems like that verbiage and that phrase to press into something, you know, that is like, it is hard. You are having to press into it. There is opposition or there is resistance in that. And in other words, it's like what you're saying is it's not easy. You know, Mm -hmm. if it was easy, he would just say, forget it and keep moving forward or, you know, but I think it's interesting using that language of a press on to press, to press into it. It's not going to be easy. And it's going to require, you know, strength that will not come from you, but to like press into it. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's an ongoing thing. So the tense of that isn't like I press and I've arrived. It's I'm Mm -hmm. pressing on. Another translation says I'm straining forward. I'm straining. And it is a, a word that implies that it takes strength. It's, it's not easy. And you got to move on and you got to continually keep pressing on. And I think that that's where we miss it today because we're so wanting to manage our world. We want to be able to make our world without pain. We want to escape reality and we can't. Things are hard and things are tough. 
Paul, no matter how many times he knew and he would teach, I preach nothing but Christ. I, Jesus is the Messiah, and he would say it over and over again. But the reality in his life is there came there was a time in his life where he refused to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and he would kill and persecute anyone that said he was the Messiah. But there was a switch. There was a change. There was a, a moment when God grabbed hold of Paul and said, Paul, know the truth here. I am the Messiah. And once Paul's heart was changed and his eyes was open to the truth, then he had a powerful message. But it was through this pressing on that Paul had to forget the past. He had to forget what I mean when I say forget. It doesn't mean I have spiritual amnesia or I have amnesia. I don't even know I ever did it. What that means is I'm no longer going to allow that to keep me from moving forward. I know it happened. I'm not going to be defined by it. I'm not going to allow that to declare who I am. That's just my past. But now I'm new. Well, I actually just looked up um, what that word forgetting means in the Greek, and it says it's, it's you're no longer caring for it. You know, there's you're not carrying it or caring for it. And I think that is part of the work. You know, I think that's getting, I don't think that is a one and done thing either. I think that is a process as well of getting to the place where, and not like you don't care, like you're saying, like you just forget, but it doesn't, it's not a weight. It's not, you're not carrying it like a burden. It's, you know, you're able to press freely on, you're that's able right. to run freely. And that's what the, the writer of Hebrews talks about when it says, you know, we've got to put aside the weight that so easily you know, trips us up, and the sin that keeps us from moving forward. Both of those things keeps us from moving forward, and it's the weight. It may be something that was a sin before, but when you don't forget it and you don't move on and you don't allow your past to define you and you receive God's forgiveness and you move forward, you still may remember it, but it's no longer a weight. It's not holding you down and it's not a sin where that you refuse to be uh, mm -hmm. live in forgiveness. There's a freedom to it. There's mm -hmm. a freedom to run. There's a freedom to live the life that God has for you or a freedom to embrace the mystery of God or whatever it may be. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about a runner, of course, you know, I don't like to run. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be driving. I see these people running and they don't look like they're having a good time. I mean, literally, did you get up early this morning so you could do this? Like, are you, you know, have you lost your mind? But yet, they say as they're running, I, you know, I'm not a runner, so I can't say from experience, but they say, I feel so free. Like, I feel so much better. Like, when I can't run, I just don't have a clear head. I just don't have the attitude that I should have. But when I run, I'm able to just run free. And I'm thinking, that doesn't look free to me. <laughs> but that's kind of like life. It may be hard. It may be difficult. But as Paul is saying, you just keep running. You just keep pushing through. Because as you're doing that and you're running through life, you are able to look at things differently. You're you're able to, to feel things differently. You're able to see things differently. And as you're running with God and empowered by God, I think that's what Paul is encouraging us to do. Mm -hmm. Then we're able to forget those things that are past, and you move forward. You move mm -hmm. forward. You've got to let go. 
Yeah, I I can't remember if I mentioned this last season on here, but there's two prayers that came to mind that I have prayed often over the last few years. And one is um, I went through a pretty traumatic event about five or five years ago, I guess. And out of that, I asked God that he would heal my memories, that he would only allow me to remember what I needed to remember so that I won't forget what he has rescued me from. But also there was a lot in that where I think God, I just, I didn't want to forget completely, kind of like what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want that to be a weight over me. And it was amazing how God did heal my memories and he did take some of that. There are things I genuinely can't remember because maybe they weren't beneficial and they were lies and they were hurtful so that I could forgive and live in freedom. You know, Carrie, when you're saying that, I think I've prayed it differently, but it's the same. And what it is, is I, I never want to live in condemnation. And I say to God all the time, God, I never want to live under condemnation because I know you don't want me to live in condemnation. You came so that I would be free and that I'd be forgiven. But I don't want to ever forget what you've done either. So there is this balance. We don't want to live in condemnation, but we don't want to forget what God has done. And I think those memories, some of the things that you've had to pray and say, God, heal some of the memories that I have, help me to forget what was destructive and help me to remember what was reconstructive, what you have Mm -hmm. done in my life. And I think that that's... I think that is another form of letting go and grabbing hold of what's left. You sometimes Mm -hmm. have to just let go of those memories that were there that destroyed your life, that was trying to keep you from living the life that God has for you, that was keeping you from living fully, that was keeping you from knowing who you are, that there were some things that were said to you, there were some things that have happened that were lies that have kept you from moving forward because you had to deal with those lies. On the other hand, what you want to remember is what God's done in your life, not what man has done or what circumstances has done to try to destroy your life, but what God has done to restore your life. And I think that that's that's a huge thing. I think that implies the principle we've been trying to talk about. We have to let go of something so that we can grab hold of another. Mm -hmm. And that's pressing on, that's moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, out of that, the other prayer that I pray is help me to see with your eyes, you know, help me Mm -hmm. to see this person as you see them or help me to see the situation as you see it. And sometimes that happens in a moment. You, You could be sitting across the table from someone who you have maybe a strained or hurtful or hard relationship with, and God just removes how you see that person and shows you how he sees that person, which will can give you grace or understanding um, or whatever it may be. But then sometimes if it's a situation, it takes time for him to show you how he sees it. But it's, you know, letting go of how you may be perceiving or how you maybe see hopelessness in a situation. But God is like, let me let go of that so that I can give you this hope or give you my hope or let me show you where I am in this or where, let me show you what I'm, what I've done or what I'm doing in this. I think God does this. I I don't know that God literally does this, but in my mind, I feel like God is doing this. He never does anything the same. Mm 
It's like God always is keeping us on the edge of the mystery of who He is. Some days God gives me grace to forgive immediately. Some days God gives me the eyes to see people the way He sees them. And then some days God allows me to stay in my misery and creates in me a greater desire to want to see how God sees them. It's as if God is like, every single day, I want you to be aware of who I am, and I want you to trust me. And I think if I were to see people the way God sees them every single day, then I would start thinking I was just this holier-than-thou person. I think that if I was able to just forgive immediately, then I'd think, oh, I don't have a problem with bitterness or anger. So I wouldn't be able to deal with people that were in bondage of bitterness and anger. I just feel like that we're trying so hard again to manage, as you have said so often, our lives, manage our emotions and not embrace them and walk in them and acknowledge them. And so we want to hold on to certain things because it just feels better. It feel, it makes us feel better about ourselves. And God is saying, you've got to let go of this and trust me. Letting go of something takes a lot of faith because often, even though we don't want to hold on to it, it is the very thing that is standing between me trusting God or I'm trusting myself or my ability to manage my life. I think that this is something that Paul really is teaching us is that you got to move on. You have to trust God and you've got to let go of what's keeping you from Him. So today, Kara, as we close, I just think that it is a powerful, powerful principle. And it's all through the Bible. God started with Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you know, and I want you to move to a place that you don't know. I want you to trust me. And then he said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child, and you've got to let go of your preconceived ideals that Sarah has to be a certain age, and I want you to trust me. And then he said, Abraham, you've got to let go of Ishmael. Ishmael's not the one from me. And you got to grab hold of Isaac. And then years and years later, he's saying to you and he's saying to me, you've got to let go of what you know. And you got to grab hold to what I am teaching you. You grab hold of what you think about who I am. You've got to know who I am. You've got to press forward to the truth that I've seen you. You just take this one truth that you know, and you just press into it. Don't try to manage your life. Don't try to be God. Don't try to change your reality. Embrace your reality. And I want you to move forward to what I have for you. It's a hard principle. It's hard to live, but it's the most freeing principle. It is the moment when you're able to grab hold of the hand of God and say, God, I'm going to walk through life with you. I don't understand what you have for me. I don't know the plans exactly that you have for me, but I know that you have me and you are who I need. You're all that I need. 
I say it so often. You don't know that God is all you need until He's all you have. And I think it's grabbing hold of His hand and letting go of everything else. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Mm-hmm.